This episode is sponsored by World Anvil. World Anvil is an award-winning world-building and writing software for people who love to create rich and exciting worlds. Dungeon Crawlers. We would be honored if you would join us. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Dungeon Crawlers, where last week we talked about your, you know, our favorite D&D settings and themes. Well, this time we're going to we're going to pivot a little bit and we're going to talk about, uh, you know, a book series, something that we have enjoyed and loved. Well, at least two of us, two of the three of us, <laughs> which is really amazing because the Krebs brothers have not both equally read this series. It's weird. It's strange. But hey, this will be very unique. You know, as Matai and I have read this series and we know it very well, Krebs has not. And so... I, you know, for you guys that are have never heard of this series, this will be a very interesting opportunity for you guys to come in, and he'll be asking questions as someone that has never experienced this before. So this is super exciting. And for those of you out there that are now listening to the show, you're wondering what is this series? Well, it's definitely not Harry Potter. No, it's definitely not Star Wars. No, it's not Star Trek. But we'll get to that someday. But it does involve <laughs> a wizard named Harry. It does. It does involve a wizard named Harry, which works out perfectly. So for those of you now wondering, like, wait a minute, it's not Harry Potter, but it involves a wizard named Harry. That is because it is the Dresden Files, which is, you know, Harry Dresden is the main character. And this is a series written by Jim Butcher. So this is what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to have lots of fun doing it. But before we jump into that, I'm going to let the other guys introduce themselves, because as you always know, I start the show and this is Daniel. So. And I am his most faithful on-air companion, Krebs, followed by my very awesome brother. I am Matai, the other Krebs. So happy to be here tonight. This is one of my favorite book series uh, to read after The Wheel of Time. And (laughs) I just devour these books. Jim Butcher has made such an interesting series out of urban fantasy um so yeah those of you who haven't read it if you've read it already i hope this uh, episode brings up a lot of nostalgia if you haven't read it then this episode is for you yes (laughs) yeah actually i matthew this this episode was your idea and i'm super excited about this because Dresden, the Dresden Files, Harry Dresden, however you want to refer to it. Uh, this has been something that has interested my curiosity, and I have never chipped away at it. I've never looked behind the curtain. I've never taste tested it, neither the book series nor the television series. So for me, I am completely in the dark here. But uh, you and Daniel have had some exposure to this series, which which brings me to my very, very first question, which is... Uh, to each of you, in turn, starting with Matthew, then Daniel, how many of the Dresden books have you read? All 17 and all the short stories and novellas. How many short stories and novellas are there? Well, you got to ask me that question, huh? I'll have to Google it. Um, <laughs> there's uh, <laughs> four or five. There might be more than that. I I don't remember exactly. Uh, but yeah, I, I would go and check out the anthology from the library just because it had a Jim Butcher Dresden story in it. Mm. And uh, interestingly, one of these was a collection of um, urban fantasy. And so you got to read 
Jim Butcher's interpretation of it, as well as several other authors. And of course, I love reading in the genre. So it was a lot of different takes and urban fantasy can kind of run to the kind of very, I, I want to call it dull magic where there's magic there, but it's barely discernible from coincidence. And yeah. there's others that are very grim, dark and horror Gothic butchers. Urban fantasy is got some puns. It's got some humor. It has some real pathos emotion in it. And Harry Dresden is just a kick in the pants. He is just fun to follow around and to see how he gets himself into trouble because he makes bad decisions and then he gets <laughs> out of trouble sometimes by accident but like the beatles say he gets by with a little help from his friends mm-hmm. and yes. daniel how many of the books have you read i have read all uh 17 books as well as all the short story anthologies uh, as well and novellas um and i've watched the entire tv series Oh, I do have to say one thing. I have not yet read the one he just released at the end of last year. The Law? Yeah. I haven't gotten it. So with the exception of that one, I've read the others. I have read that one. Uh, It is heartbreaking. That's okay. Um, The great thing about this series, you know, uh, like Matthias already said, is you don't have to suspend a lot of disbelief. Most everything happens in Chicago. You know, everyone (laughs) knows what Chicago looks like. Or can imagine what Chicago is like. You know, they've been to a big city. They know that. And it's set modern day. You know, he has car troubles. He has girlfriend problems. He has issues with his telephone. And, you know, he's a little quirky because he only has candles. He doesn't use electricity because there's a reason for that. But it's really easy to get invested because you don't have to like, well, there's trolls. There's stuff like that. They do show up. There's a really good explanation. I really like the series because it does, a, you know, kind of what Harry Potter does, where there's this magical world that does exist, but most people don't know it exists, except yeah. for the wizards. You know, and wizards are special people that are born with this capability to cast magic. Again, very similar to Harry Potter. And because of this, they have knowledge of the fairy realms. They have knowledge of these other creatures that do exist in the world but most people don't know about it and it's the wizard's job to keep the 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 normal world from knowing about the you know the supernatural world because if they were to know they would freak out they would lose their crap you know and that's probably true if you know you're sitting in downtown anywhere and suddenly this giant zombie t-rex walks by you probably lose your crap that's that is an an apt assumption, right? Yeah. Actually, as you were talking about it, before you said zombie T-Rex, mind you, as you were talking about that, I'm like, you know, you, when you watch something like The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. and you see people encountering Zeds for the first time, or, you know, zombies yeah. and all that stuff, they they freak out, understandably, they're monstrous, and they don't mm-hmm. know how to deal with it. And I'm like, now hang on a second. Take the modern zeitgeist and put us in a zombie apocalypse. Terror, sure, because it's a horrific thing. Yeah. But would we not know what to do? Like, are we not educated enough now on this whole thing? I mean, I guess to, uh, one one feather in the cap of Stephanie Myers that you know she brought us vampires and then subverted expectations. They were mm-hmm. stupid subversions, but <laughs> subverted expectations, right? And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I do wonder. Uh, to, and the reason I say all this is, 
in this in, in the world of Harry Dresden, um, they're trying to keep the normies separate from the fae people and and the mythological yeah. and the magic, right? But why? And you said it's because people would freak out. That's the assumption. But what if that didn't happen? What if the world was exposed? We were all shocked and amazed and awed. But then very rapidly, we learned not only to coexist, but to benefit from one another. I mean, it's just a curiosity question, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's he actually goes into that. Uh, mm-hmm. In 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 several of the earlier books, he's focused mainly on keeping people from finding out, except when he absolutely has to and he trusts them. Yes. And then later on, he explains why. And most of these magical creatures will eat you. Yes. They will eat your face off. And as long as you don't notice them, they're usually content to leave you alone and focus on other people who do notice them because they're hunters. They like to play with yep. their food. Uh, mm. And being aware of the magical creatures makes you a potential prey. And it yeah, is so unusual for a magical creature or being to injure or significantly damage. They'll, they'll toy with you a little. Some of the Fae will, will toy with you, but um, they won't. It, it's so rare that that's when Harry gets called in, mm-hmm. you know, to, to try and figure this out or fix someone who's gone rogue. Yeah, I mean, that's really the thing is, um, you know, besides Faye, you also have werewolves. Now, the werewolves aren't a traditional type werewolf that we are used to that are, you know, half human, half wolf. They actually turn into a wolf, which I really like. Um, you also have vampires and you have a distinction of the different types of vampires. You have the Red Court, which is more of the, the suave, sophisticated, beautiful vampire. Um, but you have the White Court. These are more like succubus. They actually, they feed off of your emotions mm. and sexual energy and stuff like that. Then you have the Black Court. These are the, the vampires that are more like Nosferatu. Nosferatu, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. And so it's really cool how they've taken this, he's taken this lore and broken it into changing these things up. But really, other than the vampires, they're the ones that, well, whether you know or not, they play with their food. But <laughs> but the fae, really, the fae leave you alone. And they're more of the scary ones. you know. And there are there's the queen of winter. There's the queen of, of summer. But more importantly, the really cool thing is Santa Claus is one of these fae. And Hang on. Now, don't go too deep. Don't okay. go- don't, don't 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 ruin surprises. Well, he's no, called, I'm just saying he's called a jolly old elf. Yes, I mean that's <laughs> yeah. fair. But I I really love. I wasn't going to go into any like spoilers or anything like that. But I really like how he took things like that. You know, there is Krampus in this universe. Heck yes, and it, he is Heck different yes. than Santa Claus. But even Santa well, Claus, be. when he's you know when it's not that time of year, he is part of you know the winter court, and he does hunt. So it's very interesting how he's taken these tells and made them into something interesting. Jim Butcher has. You guys know how I am a huge fan of the Wheel of Time. And the premise of the Wheel of Time is that time is a cycle. And Mm -hmm. all the legends and stories that we have today were based on actual events from some previous turning of the wheel. And Mm -hmm. so that's why these books can weave in the legends of King Arthur, why it can reference Mm -hmm. 20th century historical facts, but all the names and places have changed and morphed as they do over thousands and thousands of years. So so spotting those things makes the read of that series so interesting. Butcher does something very similar. He takes all these legends and stories and not just, 
Western European. Uh, he'll pull in a lot of other additional stuff and sometimes he'll come up with something and I'm like, I have never heard of this monster or legend before. I must know more, you know, and when a book grabs you and drives you to learn more, now that's a good premise. That's a good hook for your story. So every legend, everything you can think of, every fairy tale somehow finds a place in the Dresden Files. Okay, oh, yeah. so that that is a great, first of all, that's a great selling point. Second, um, that brings me to my, to my next question, which is, of course, we have Harry Dresden, but uh, are there other main characters that aren't too spoilery to discuss right now? So the book is written from first-person perspective. So Harry is the character throughout okay, so. the entire series. All right. Yeah. Now that there are several characters that play a pivotal point in those story that are, you know, companions, friends, sidekicks, whatever you want to call them. Um, there's some really cool uh, characters like the Swords of the Cross. They're really pivotal. And one of them is one of Harry's really good friends. Um, you have other characters, which I'll let Matai bring up. But throughout the entire series, it is Harry's story. Because it is told from a first-person perspective and not a third-person. So you can't have multiple storylines here. It is all, everything that is happening is from Harry's perspective. That makes sense. And, and Harry is not necessarily a reliable narrator. In yeah. that, your your perspective as a reader is limited by Harry's perceptions. Mm -hmm. Yes. You don't know things that he doesn't know. And the book tends to lead you to make us the same assumptions that he makes. And sometimes Butcher uses that masterfully yes. for twists, plot twists at the end when he's like, oh, gosh, I was wrong. <laughs> yeah. Well, and one of the wonderful things also is Harry makes mistakes. Oh, yeah. You know, and sometimes he gets his butt kicked. I mean, you know, talking about the Mandalorian, I remember when we talked did the review about that show. We all really appreciated the fact that, uh, you know, Mando kept getting shot, knocked down, get beat up. You know, we saw a hero that, you know, kept getting knocked down, but kept standing up. And I think that's why we really liked Luke um, from the original series. Cause we saw mm -hmm. those failures. You see this throughout the whole series with Harry. I mean, there are times where uh, he gets his back broken, where he gets the crap beat out of him. He's, his clothes are torn up. He's bleeding. He's scraped and bruised. And he, and then magic doesn't solve that. You know, he still talks about, you know, in the next book where, you know, he's still recovering. So it's I really appreciate the fact that magic doesn't re resolve all problems in this mm -hmm. series. Another thing about this series is that your main character changes and grows in drastic yes. ways. I mean, I, I could give you an example, but it would be one of the best spoilers in the series. Aww. And I don't want to do that. Uh, I mean, there's definitely places you would not expect a main character to go. Uh, the stakes are definitely high in, in all of this. I, mean, I think one way we could, we could talk about that without spoiling anything is, you know, in the very beginning of the series, he's very cynical. You know, he, he's had a mm. rough life. And, you know, we, we, when we first are introduced to him, he's very cynical because you know, the white court, not the white court. Is it the white court? No, the, the, the wizards. Winter court? Council. No, not the, the wizards council. I forgot yeah. the, the, the white council. The, the white, white council. council. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I was getting things mixed up. It, it's so hard to white, keep it to a straight. Yeah. So the white council is kind of this governing body over wizards, you know, and Harry did something when he was younger, which kind of put them in their bad graces. And generally when you do something like what he did, you're, you're put to death. Well, he wasn't, but he was kind of in this period of where everyone's watching him. Yeah. Um, they, he has a warden watching over him. Um, and so he's kind of he's kind of cynical and he is kind of this grumpy guy, but he's doing this because well, he's got to he's got to pay the bills. And but over the course of the series, you see him moving away from that. And I think that's where we see a lot of that growth. We see a lot of changes that happen in his character because he goes from this loner to this guy that cares about those around him. Uh, and that doesn't really give away anything, but. I, that is what I love about that character the, the most. Now, if you if you're not a fan of reading, listening to these books on audio is amazing because James Marsters is the the narrator. Oh, and for those oh, who don't know, yeah. So those who don't know, he he played Spike in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That's right. Oh He's my gosh, fantastic narrator! I love his voice. Uh, every time I read this book, that's his. His is the only voice I hear for Harry, um, and he does a fantastic job. Other, other characters have a different voice. He does a really good job at narrating, and I mean that's a good challenge considering it's Harry telling the story. Yeah, yeah, you but, have to have a really consistent like presence. Yeah, to be that. But narrator. man, he has nailed Harry. I mean. So I read the books first, then I went to the TV series, and it was really, di- it was really difficult for me to see Paul Blackthorn uh-huh. as Harry, who's a great actor, by the way. He is, but he doesn't. He's he doesn't act the same way as James Marsters does as Harry in the <laughs> audiobook. So I was a little like, ah, this isn't well, as great as I hoped. I am going to have some questions about the TV show momentarily. Yes. Well, before we get the time gets away from us, let's let's dive into this. We can get into some of the. The meat. Yeah. Okay. So, Daniel, you want to give Josh a um, a brief explanation of the world and the... We've kind of talked about a lot of this yeah, already. Kind of so have. What else, what else do you want to add to that about the world and the settings and, and how you, the the novels are... The, 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 what's what I'm looking for? The, the spirit of the novels, the theme behind all this? I mean, really, I, I think I've already kind of captured is it's a it's a very urban fantasy setting you know for those of you that are new to what that means it means it's a modern day setting with fantasy and paranormal elements you know again if you want to read this you don't have to you know really stretch the imagination to understand chicago to understand what it's like when your car breaks down what it's like when you're standing out in the middle of the night on a dark street and the streetlights start blinking out. I mean, the scene from Constantine, you know, a lot of people, mm-hmm. you can feel the tension as you see each light blinking out. And this that kind of happens. Uh, stuff like that in this series. The other thing is, is wizards, because there's magic, it can't be around electronics. There's something that interacts between the science and their magic that interferes. Hmm. So this is why Harry drives around a beat up, vw bug because it's an old combustion engine it has no microchips in it and it's reliable um but you know there's several times where he gets around a computer or he picks up a phone and it doesn't work and it's because of the magic and i like how there's that you know 
even though he's kind of somewhat more powerful than the, the common human person, he still struggles. Like he doesn't have power in his house. He doesn't take hot showers because the water heater won't work. So he's always taking cold showers. Um, so there's a lot of really cool elements to that. And as the series expands, you get to start learning more and more about this supernatural world that exists. And that's what I really like about Jim Butcher is, you know, each book is delivering something new for me to learn. And it's so exciting. And it just draws me further and further into this world. So, again, it's not really hard to pick up and learn. And it's enjoyable. So on the on the thread of this setting... Yes. Uh, you've already you've already mentioned it's modern day, but can yeah. you give me like a window of years? Does it start in 1997? Is it 2020? Like that is. Begin? The, I mean, really, that's the brilliancy of how he's written it. It could fit anywhere. I mean, really, there's nothing that defines because he doesn't say, you know, he picked up an iPhone. It's a cell phone. You know, it, he, he needed he needs to use a payphone. Um and even then, those start kind of disappearing as the series gets longer. So there really isn't a thing that says, you know, October 25th, 1998, uh, or anything like that. You could read it, and it could be believable as if that story was happening today. Interesting. interesting. Even the very first book. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. All right. So when you read it, when mm -hmm. do you imagine it happening? Do you imagine it happening today, or do you give it like a 10-year gap, or...? Well, I mean, for me, I mean, because, you know, the last book was book 17, yeah. you know, it definitely feels like, you know, I could believe that that's this year and I can look back, you know, and that was, you know, 15, 17 years ago. But that's the really cool thing is there, it, there isn't huge time gaps. Most often each story picks up fairly quickly after the other one. Um, there is sometimes where there is a gap. And it's immediately lets you know, you know, like, yeah, yeah, I've been recovering for the last three months or six months because of my injuries. Wow. You know, Harry is back out on the beat, but it took him a while to, to heal. So, but really, I mean, you could pick up the first book today and start that 17 book journey. Uh, and if you want to plug in all the short stories and the novellas and everything in between, uh, the really cool thing about a lot of those is it, they tell you when those stories are happening in between yeah. what books so that you know, oh, I shouldn't read this one until I finish that book. And but then I can I read, read this. One, and yeah. yeah, so that's the really cool thing that they have done. Um, so. Yeah, I like it. Well, do you want me to give you a rundown of some of the characters? Uh, the non-spoilery ones? Yes. <laughs> so I'm focusing on just the there's a lot of characters in here but i'm focusing on mainly the main ones that show up frequently yes. and as, and i'm weighting it more heavily towards the first few books okay. all right so first of all is is uh the main character harry blackstone copperfield dresden which is just two great <laughs> magician references right there well and 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 there's a reason he's well, named three, that three right yeah okay yeah. Is, Dre is dresden a reference to a modern magician also except for the character because you've got yeah. Harry, who's Houdini. Yeah. And then you've yeah. got Blackstone and um, David Copperfield. David yeah. Copperfield, right? Yeah. yeah. So his his father is a magician, not a, a, a wizard, but is a magician by trade. Stage magician. Uh, stage yes. magician. That, that's Which is where it. Harry's names come from. That makes yeah. perfect sense. 
And yeah. so he grew up with his his dad taking him around traveling with all these shows. His mom died in apparently died in childbirth. Um, and as Harry begins to uh, mature, he discovers that unlike his father, he actually has real magical talent. And mm-hmm. there are so many things I could use to describe Harry, but they would ruin they might contain spoilers. So I decided to go with more of a timeline approach. Okay. So his, his mother died uh, when he was born. His father died unexpectedly. When <gasps> was his mother killed by a dark wizard who was actually trying to like get to the baby, but then he couldn't and left a scar. Well, on he Harry's... has this odd scar. No, nothing. No, like that. no, no. Um, <laughs> no. And then his dad died unexpectedly when he was about six. Uh, and he was left in the, uh, he was kind of left um, in the state system for a little while. And then his, uh, this uncle he didn't really know shows up one day and takes him as his last remaining family member takes him under his <gasps> but that's when he gets bitten by a radioactive spider and then he becomes so, a no. and oh, sorry then that then that uncle is killed uh when harry was about 16 by 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 well, we're just going to say he was killed. Okay. By a so, guy who so, was robbing a professional wrestling ring, but then so, harry no, 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 didn't no. stop him and No. So here's here's one really interesting thing. Um, and I'm going to throw it out there is his uncle's last name is Morningstar. His oh. last name is Dumorn, but he goes. Oh, no, no, no. You're right. They, they Morning changed Star the Morningstar in the TV series. Well, no, it, that was a nickname was that it? he had, but oh, okay. Dumorn was the official. You're right. Dumorn was the last name, but they yeah called him Justin Morningstar. You're right. Yeah. Which, which is kind of a, a, a subliminal hint at something. I'm going to leave it there. Nice, nice. So, uh, so the, yeah, so his uncle was killed when he was 16. And at around this time, uh, right about this time, mm-hmm. is when he discovers that there's actually a whole world of wizards out there. And as Daniel mentioned, the White Council gets involved. And one of the wizards on the White Council decides to foster him and takes him on as his magician's apprentice mm-hmm. and actually starts educating Harry in uh magic his name was ebenezer mccoy and harry and and after growing up with him um he's um then he he grows up kind of comes into his own gets control of his powers decides to settle in chicago and becomes chicago's only wizard private investigator and he gets called in occasionally by the chicago pd as a consultant when the cases get spooky (laughs) <laughs> yes okay no joke no joke so like one of my favorite things to do is to read book blurbs because they all like like so many of them even really well-written books and well-written mm-hmm. blurbs always sound like something you're gonna grab from the airport store just before you get onto the airplane at some mm-hmm. vacation novella and in my head i'm just like he's a young pi who's also a magician who's also bad at love who's also <laughs> struggling with his friendships whose uncle could could be Lucifer, who's also... Oh, you, you've you know, read the series? Wow. You want to know what? You're actually hitting on several points of the story. I don't... See, that's just... It, I, I, I'm just coming up with, like... I, I'm trying to come up with, like, the cheesiest blurb for this. I, forgive me, Jim Butcher. I'm not trying to, to like, make fun of your stories at all, because I'm actually very excited to read this. But I just want to... Just, just that idea of, like, he's a wizard who's a private detective, who's also a consultant for the Chicago PD when cases get <gasps> spooky. And he has a talking dog and a tall friend named Shaggy, and they have a van. You know, no, just, it, so. no, no, he has a talking no. skull. Oh, that makes more sense. And that's the next character I was going to talk about is yeah, Bob please. the Skull. Oh, Horatio. Because... Oh, okay, never mind. Go on. Bob is an air spirit with a literally encyclopedic knowledge of magic and lore. Please tell yes. me it's Encyclopedia Britannica and his knowledge stops about 1999. He is no. British. 
He oh, is okay. British. That works. That works. And he he likes smut books. Yes, he's he he's horny. He's a horned dog, and he constantly reads trashy he's romance all, novels. He's all do whatever you like to me, but just give me more Daniel Steele. I want to sound uh, like Stewie Griffith. It, it kind Griffith. of is like that, Stewie where Griffith. it's like where he's like, I'll help you out. However, I need a new book type thing. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 yeah. Oh no, I'm gonna spoil. I can't say nope. that. I can't say that thing. Say it that. happens that, later. Man. But don't say Bob, it. I love Bob. Bob is a fun character. Bob but is Bob so much fun. He's also a valuable tool to Harry because again, he's learning magic. Mm-hmm. And Bob helps out and assists in that. So because Harry can't use a computer or surf the internet, Bob basically fills that in for him. Hey, yes. I need I need a uh, speed potion. Uh, okay, so he and then Bob tells him these are the ingredients. Here's how you make it. Uh, all that stuff. He relies on. It. So Bob is his reference, his lookup, and a friend and companion. Uh, yes, and he's he's a great part of the story. Yeah, because uh, you know when we first meet Harry, he's, he's very much a loner. Yeah. Uh, continuing on with Harry's uh, housemates is Mister. Uh, Harry's fat house cat. He considers himself the owner of Harry's place and beneficently permits Harry to live there. He's a male witch with a cat. Yes. Mm. Pretty much. Yeah. I'm more of a dog guy, but okay, I'll go with it. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because he also has mouse who is a Tibetan temple dog who is very large and more intelligent than you think. He considers himself Harry's protector and the owner of any food dropped to the floor. And he loves to chew on Bob. (laughs) Actually, no, no, (laughs) he gets along with Bob. Yeah. It never happens. But this is a really cool thing also is even though these are animals, he, he breathes a personality and life into these animals as if they are actual important solid characters. And there are times that they are, which is amazing. Now it's time to chat about our sponsor, World Anvil. World Anvil is an award-winning world-building and writing software for people who love to create rich and exciting worlds. With their software, you can create your world, manage your campaign, plan your novel, create a world wiki, wow your players, make novels more interactive, and make your worlds come to life. You can find them at worldanvil.com. And if you put in the discount code DCR40, you will receive a 40% discount today. So so that kind of is other people living in Harry's uh, apartment. Immediate and, world, yeah. Yeah, and then one of the uh, first people that you meet, uh, that is one of the first other main characters that you meet, is Karen Murphy. She's a detective at Chicago PD, and she looks like, you know, your best friend's little sister, the cute little cheerleader. She's very short, very small. She is. But she also, five one. Yeah. She also has several black belts in different martial arts. Yes. And she will kick your butt um, because she's bored. She's de- tough as nails, and it, she's initially very skeptical of Harry at first, but eventually is forced to confront the fact that magic exists. And she is a really good sharpshooter too. Oh yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, she's 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 someone you want on your side, um, but you don't want to cross her. <laughs> no, no. Uh, uh, speaking of people you don't want to cross, there's John Marcone. Uh, he's the organized crime boss. I he's... could have guessed. <laughs> Ruthless, colder than stone. He's intelligent, crafty, and will do almost anything to win, except. 
harm a child or allow a child to come to harm. Uh, yeah. And anybody who just trust me, don't cross him on this. So, uh, so imagine Darth Vader crossed with Admiral Thrawn. Oh, that this guy is that way. Yeah, and that, in, all fairness, in all fairness, Darth Vader had no problem slagging children. So just saying. That, you're right. I, I'm just saying the, the utter ruthlessness of Vader, but the brilliant tactician of Thrawn, you Ooh. know, and then take in the, the account that, man, like, he will waste one of his guys for smacking a child. I'm waiting to find out that he was not born Marcone. He was actually born like Forsberg or something. And he's yeah. like, well, that's never going to work. If I'm going to be an organized crime, I've got to yeah. change it to something. Well, and no, so- he, he, he's, he, he's not, he doesn't talk that way. He, his name is Gentleman Johnny Marcone. He's always Gentleman in Johnny. very nice, proper suits. He's very well-spoken and brilliant. Um, you know, and later on, there's some things he does that actually is pivotal to the story, but also puts him in a amazing position of power. This mm. guy, as a villain, you love to hate him and really admire him at the same time. Yeah. He he kind of commands your respect, whether you whether you want to or whether not. You want to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Now, uh, the rest of these characters don't necessarily show up in the first, some of them do show up in the first book, but they show up pretty early on in the series and they all are pretty pivotal. Uh, one of them is, uh, Lannan She, Harry's literal fairy godmother. <laughs> no bibbity bobbity boo here. This woman is frightening, would probably show up in your nightmares, but she oh. has a soft spot for Harry. However, often her favors and the help she gives Harry don't always appear to be help from Harry's perspective. A lot of times they feel like curses. It's just mm-hmm. like, trust me, I'm helping you. This will make you stronger. Oh, it's just a Danish fairy godmother then. Yeah. It's, so, it's, it's, yeah. it's like that, this will build character <laughs> kind of a thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's what well, And the harsh. thing with, with the, the, the fairies and the fae is you don't want to own owe them a favor because for some reason when you know you owe them a favor they come back and it's not what you want and more often than not they try to trick you into owing them more favors um it's like and, the inverse of no wishing for no for more wishes you know yeah, yeah. and not only that they're very crafty and and i mean this character she's also part of the winter court which are considered the evil fairies so you know for think certain it, definitions it, of evil. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know, just think that, you know, having a fairy godmother, but she she plays for the side of evil. So, okay. So, uh, Matthew, you probably have more characters to go through. Yes. I oh, want to yeah. go through one more specifically for you. Okay. Uh, I want you to think of uh, Pa Angles from Little House on the Prairie. I love Pa Angles. And that's the person that is Michael Carpenter. Yes. He's His a div- name is Carpenter? Yes. And he's a carpenter. And, and his he is a carpenter. name is Michael? Yep. Uh, he's a devoted Catholic with a very large family who also just happens to be a knight of the cross, mm-hmm. bearing one of three magical swords imbued with power from the nails of Christ's cross. Ooh. He follows a strict code of honor and no evil creature can stand against him. I love it. Does So this is a character who 
uh, weeps for the week and prays with his family and then punches evil in the face. Yes. Yes. This yeah. is Pa Ingles. Exactly. It is. And the really cool thing about this character is there is several times, you know, he, he tries to convince Ch- Harry to come to church. And Harry's like, no. He's like, all right. That's so cool. I still accept you. It's not like this. Well, who cares about you? You know, he throughout the series, he's always trying, you know, to convince Harry to come to church, but he accepts Harry where he's at. He mm-hmm. still shows up and helps Harry when Harry needs him. And he still sees Harry as a dear friend, so much so that he would trust his own children with Harry. When like the 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 white council won't even trust Harry. But here is this man of faith that will trust him. And, you know, and in return, Harry trusts him with his own life and more. It's it's a fantastic dichotomy um, here where you have a man of faith and a man that doesn't believe in God, but he believes in his own power and his ma- and the magic that he wields. You know, I could give a whole treatise on uh, Michael Carpenter, but I'll just I, one thing I want to bring out about him. There's a lot of talk about the importance of inclusivity and diversity of characters and perspectives. Mm-hmm. Despite that, every time a Christian that is de- devout is depicted in fiction, mm-hmm. they are often hypocrites mm-hmm. or, or monsters unbearable yes. to be around. Yeah, just insufferable. Too. Um, and they're just completely unreasonable in their faith. This Michael Carpenter is what is one of the best representations of a a Christian. He lives yes. his faith. His faith is challenged. It is not easy for him to maintain his principles and his morals, but he does it with this incredible strength. And you see cases where it's his faith or a divine intervention or blessing is the only reason you can give for why certain things happen involving him and like daniel says he encourages other people to exercise their faith to join him and accept some of the the truths that he's come to know but he doesn't force it on them and he loves them whether they accept it or not yeah so as an example of christianity this one is actually more of a fair portrayal as far as if we're going to be inclusive of everybody He's inclusive of this. So I love this portrayal in there. Well, and the other really cool thing about the series is you do see other cultures that come in, weave in and out of this series. Um, You see people from, you know, uh, other countries, other cultures, other belief systems, and it's, it's done well. It's not done in a way that is parroting their, uh, their, that culture, their beliefs. It's not done in a way that, you know, kind of thumbs their nose. At. He's very respectful in writing those type of characters and those belief systems, which I think is fantastic. Um, you know, at, but at the same time, you know, he's being true to who Harry is and that character. Now, Harry it doesn't believe in God. He, he can be very sarcastic and difficult when talking to Michael. But that's Harry. And he's being true to that character. And then Harry responds, or not Harry, Michael responds back in kind saying, that's okay. That's your belief at this time. And I still accept you. You're still my friend, which is amazing. It's a way to keep those counters uh, on a level playing field without making fun or thumbing your nose at anyone's religions or beliefs. That's awesome to hear. Uh, The next question that I have is, 
and and again, address this the best way you can without giving spoilers, but what can you tell me about the big bad? There are many. It depends on which book <laughs> you read. Yes, and the wonderful thing about it is a lot of these stories relate to one another. Mm-hmm. Um, most of these stories, I'll, I'll tell you this right now, most of these stories are set up, especially in the beginning, with let's go explore this one magical dilemma, this one magical bad guy. And later on, you begin to see that there were some connections between these. And in a later book, um, a lot of the evil magic that's been going on causes a weakening in the boundary Mm -hmm. between, um, between the worlds. Yes. And that becomes an issue, and you find out there was somebody behind that. And as it goes along, it's so there's it's layer upon layer. Mm-hmm. You can take these books, you know, the first one is um, Blood. The, yeah, the first one, Stormfront, is uh, basically blood sacrifice magic. Uh, the second one, that Full Moon, is werewolves. And you can take each one of these as monster of the week kind of a a thing but as but it's so expertly done and they begin to weave together and the whole purpose is this is a cohesive world butcher starts out with just this very small seed and he continues to build the world in each successive book because werewolves do exist beside fairy godmothers and uh creature grimalkin uh cat creatures uh like that that reminds you of the cheshire cat if he wanted to murder you uh it's it it, uh, so there's there's all kinds of bad guys in here there isn't one guy that keeps getting away twisting his mustaches it just builds and builds there are real defeats there Mm -hmm. are real comebacks and it's not always the bad guy who gets hit and there are real losses in this series. Oh yeah. I mean the best the best way to look at it it's like looking at a t- a, a season, a TV season uh, of a show. You know, each episode has its own story arc. It happens and it it it, it succeeded. Now sometimes it's succeeded in success, it's in failure, somewhere in between, but there is a completion to that story arc. But throughout the series there is that overall story arc that completes that series. And that's really what's going on here. Each book has been building and building. And now that we're in these later stories, you know, Harry's looking back and like, oh my gosh, I thought these were individual dots that meant nothing, but there's a connection. You know, again, as the story, it's, again, it's craft, it's crafted so well that as Harry has gained more experience, more knowledge, looking backwards, he sees how all these breadcrumbs are connected and we're now seeing that it's not like you know we're getting there like oh yeah there's the final payoff from book one no we had no clue but now we do looking back because we're looking back through harry's eyes now in the last few minutes that we have i have two more big questions one is how does the book series compare to the tv series like what's that comparison like how do the tv Hmm. series do i'm gonna let daniel go first um uh, not well um (laughs) not not well um and i get they were trying i mean this was came out in the early 2000s yeah um it did not translate as well i mean there was a lot of things you know um 
you know, first Karen Murphy wasn't as short and she wasn't a blonde. She was a brunette. I still like who they cast it. She did a great job. Uh, the stories weren't cohesive. You know, they, they kind of mished and mashed things, uh, several books into that first season, which didn't sit very well. Uh, you know, Harry walks around in a, you know, a leather duster and he has a, this, oh, this magical staff and he has these, you know, he has his wand, which he uses to control his, his magic through. In the TV series, he carries around a hockey stick instead because, of a staff. It's because like a it's wood. Because yeah. it's wood. It has to be has some, to be a natural material. Yeah. And carrying a Harry Potter wand would look suspicious, but a hockey stick you can get away with. It's, it's, it's this modern thing that, like, yeah. we're taking a modern thing, but it has to have this material in it for it to work. Well, it, I mean, I don't know how to it could have been a walking stick for crying out loud. Right? Or a cane, but he, he's dragging around this hockey stick. It just looked awkward and weird. He wasn't driving a beetle. It was a Jeep. Um, they tried to do their best. I will give him credit for that, for what the material was. It just didn't pull off well. I, I, you know, I own the series. I enjoy watching it now and then, but I would rather watch the book or listen to the audiobook because it's just so much more compelling than this TV series was. For me, I saw the TV series first, and then I started reading the books. And I will say the series is a pale shadow of the book, but this yeah. series is also quite entertaining. Uh, yeah. it, I really, for me, my opinion is I really enjoyed the series for what it was. But if if your expectations were set with where the books are at, you're going to be disappointed. Conversely, mm -hmm. if you want to, it only lasted for one season. If you want to... If you're, if you're, if for some reason, and you shouldn't be, but if for some reason you are reticent to get invested in this series, then the TV series may be a quick way for you to kind of get into it. And yes. I'll tell you this, if you like the series, you are absolutely going to love the books because everything you like about the series is turned up to 11 in the books. The series did fail uh, to represent some of the, it, well, I don't want to say fail. The adaptation failed to include some of the best features of Jim Butcher's writing yeah. and the character development. They did not necessarily do a bad job, but where Jim, some of what Jim Butcher does, you can look at and say, that's a masterpiece. You will never say this series has any moments that are masterful. Uh, they have some good moments, but they're not necessarily, they're never going to be masterful. So that's why I say, if you like the series, you'll love the books. Yeah. Uh, just quick follow-up to all this would be, uh, do you think that, and just short answers on this one, but do you think that in the modern, uh, in the, in the modern environment where we're making shows now, do you think that we could do the book series justice, more justice now? Or do you yes. think it's just one of those series that like, you just can't adapt to TV? Well, no, I, I think if they did it now, it would be, it would, be more successful i think the biggest problem is you know early 2000s just came off the hercules xena adromeda uh run and they tried to if we would have had book one as this as the first season where the book one story was the overarc and they had little hairy you know episodes of the week events going on through there it would have succeeded in my opinion but you know in that first season we had you know we had parts of the first book. We had parts of the second and the third and the fourth book. And they were just kind of picking and choosing what they wanted in there instead of giving life to that first book. And they could have done it, but you know, they were trying to cram too much in. 
there was characters left out, like no Michael Carpenter. Mm. Um, there were, you know, there, there's a lot of elements that were missing. Uh, Bob was there, which was fantastic, but it still was a little weird. And and that is, you know, that's one thing I will say that I really like the way the series did it. Bob in the books is this spirit. He's this glowing energy. He never mm-hmm. manifests corporeally. But in the series, they got a fantastic actor to play yes. him. So British. And he appears as a as a man. And then he'll disappear and turn into smoke and go back into a skull mm-hmm. or do whatever. He'll walk through walls, all those, all those tricks and stuff. So that is, and, I, and I'm going to credit that to adaptation. Differences in media, that was a good call to yes. do it that way instead of the way it is in the books. Nothing wrong with what's in the books, but if you've got a visual medium, yeah, absolutely that was the right way to go. Well, it, it, it definitely was because that way you could see Bob, you could relate to Bob, where in the books... You're really going off the words, or even in the audiobooks, uh, the voice. Uh, so I, I did. I will admit, I did really like that, Bob. The thing I didn't like is the weird storyline they eventually did. But that's another. That could be something else. Sure. So then, the final thing I would ask you is, I mean, obviously, in a seventeen book series, where you want to start is book one. But if someone was just unable to get the first book. Is there a book later in the series? Is there a short story? Is there somewhere else they could start that would make sense and that would work well for someone reading a first story of Harry? You know, uh, I I've, go ahead. I actually have a problem with the first book in the series. Um, it's definitely something for grown-ups. There's a oh. lot of content in there I would not um, necessarily recommend for young teens so it's not like a ya series for example no 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 this is definitely for adults um the so if anybody is concerned about content wise um this has to deal with uh magic that is driven by sexual energy and it involves uh the sex worker industry and and things like that and it can get while it's they don't necessarily do things to be salacious or gratuitous. It acknowledges that there is this thing in in Chicago. There's a maturity to the topic matter. And, and they will address sex straight out um, the way that, you know, adults may discuss it, but that you probably wouldn't want to discuss in front of your kids. So book, book one has a lot of material like that. And um, if you're not prepared for it, it may turn you off thinking that the whole series is kind of like, Hey, hey, it is no pun. (laughs) It is not, it is not, but this is, this is kind of of a rough entry in there. Uh, Starting off with book two, wouldn't necessarily be, too bad, but you're going to have to come back and read book one eventually. There is uh, a little bit of that material because they're wolves and dogs have certain instincts. Uh, but <laughs> Best to let them finish. <laughs> yes. Uh, but there's not as much as in the first book. And after that, it really only shows up when it absolutely fits the, the story. Okay. So starting in... I. I some of the short earlier short stories because if you read one of the later ones you're going to get too many spoilers. Yeah. But you might want to start with book 2. I kind of begin to get worried about book 3 because there're going to be references and people that you don't understand. Yeah. Uh but yeah, just so I usually tell people go ahead and start with book 1, but I give them a content warning. And nice. I would not have my kids read this. But that's me. 
overprotective well, dad. Well, what would you put as like an age barrier that you would suggest? At what age do you think 18. minimum age is, is it appropriate? Minimum. I, I prefer people that are already married. Oh, okay. All right. So, mm-hmm. so Daniel's saying at least 18 and you're saying old enough to be wed. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, there's some things I agree there. There's, you know, I, there's things I disagree, which is going to make this great. That's, that's so, fine. Anyways, that's fine. Um, I, you have to start with book one. And again, the reason for it, the way it is written is each thing is compounding. If you start with book two and never go back to book one, there are key elements in book one that you're not going to have. When you get into those later books and they start mentioning things, you're going to go, what? So it really is the, the life and journey of Harry. And you can't really skip out on any of that, that, that life um, because you're going to miss out on some really important elements. Yes, that first book does have some heavy themes and, and scenes where, you know, if you're, you don't want your kids reading that, you know, and this, this isn't a, a, a friendly series for your younger kids anywhere. The, you know, there is cursing there. The, I will tell you this, the F bomb is dropped um, multiple times throughout this series. It's not done where it's just F, 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 but there are key moments when there are stressful things or there are things happening and that language is in there. Yeah. Nothing is ever gratuitous yeah. language, sex, violence. Yeah. It's never gratuitous. It actually does drive the story. Yes. And like, if you read the expanse, the F bomb shows up far more often in that than it ever does. in Dresden. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's the thing I do appreciate about Jim butcher. He doesn't put something in there just to, you know, Tickle whatever funny bone that is so people will read this. It's part of the story. It drives the story. It's not a George R.R. R. Martin book where let's just throw this in because I can. No, I'm putting this in here because it drives the story forward. There is a purpose. There is a reason, which is why I like it. But it is definitely not a book that you're going to want your kids reading. You know, um, 18, I think, is a good May. I mean, 17 is probably stretching it, really. But, you know. By 18, I mean, you probably know adult themes and stuff like that. They're not describing sex or anything like that, but there are scenes where it's like, oh my gosh, things are happening. Um, <laughs> so take that for what it is. If it is something, you know, you're 18 and that's not something you're into, wait a little while and you can read it later. That's not a problem. Um, but the nice thing is, is it is a good solid story. But I do think you need to start in the beginning. You probably could start at book two. You probably could start at book three and you'd be okay. But there would be key elements you'd be missing later on. I, I, I kind of want to go back for a second because I thought of something related to your question of who the big bad is. Oh, yeah. One of the great things about these stories is the antagonist in the story is not always a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Harry has to sometimes work against the White Council, which are in you know, nominally the good people. Sometimes he has to do things in secret from the Chicago PD. And it's not that these people are evil. It's that they are missing some information that would change their position or they have all the information and they have a different means of accomplishing or Mm -hmm. or they think, they think the solution to this is different than what Harry does. And because Harry's the main character, he's right. Uh, (laughs) Most of the time, most, not not, most of the time. So they're trying to do something good, but they don't realize it's going to, they're courting disaster and only Harry does. And he has to go save the day that, that kind of a, a conflict. Yeah. I mean, there's several times where he's butting heads with the local PD. Um, because there are some guys that just think he's a crack 
jackpot. You know, he's he because Harry always seems to be in the middle of something bad going on. You know, and there's some times where they think he's the reason. So, you know, the antagonist, it's really interesting how he's done this because it's not always like the big bad of the week, you know. Um, but we, you know, we do see those. Those start showing up as we start putting those breadcrumbs together, like we, we mentioned. And there eventually is a bigger bad that he's out there trying to protect the world from. And not only that, you know, Chicago does start seeing some interesting th- things, which helps develop that story. Nice. Now, uh, I think you mentioned it earlier, but just to be clear, what is the title of the first Harry Dresden book? Stormfront. Stormfront. Yeah, which so... is really interesting because this the, the wizard in there that is the bad guy has not, not only sexual energy, but he's also found a way to use the energy of the storms to help amplify his magic as well. Hmm. Which is why it is amply named Stormfront because these Stormfronts roll in and we start seeing, you know, murders happening. Awesome. Guys, this is phenomenal stuff. Thank you very much for telling us about Harry Dresden, who is a secret wizard PI consultant for the Chicago PD in a modern setting, fighting many big bads across 17 books, several short stories and novellas. I'm just going to say it's not he's not a secret wizard. He's in the phone book. He, it's on his door, you know. Wait, Harry he tells Dresden. he tells the normies that he's a wizard. Yes, he, yeah, he 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 has it. It's he's in the phone book as wizard. He's it's on his door. Um, he's not hiding the fact that he is a wizard, and everyone. That's why a lot of people think he's a crackpot because it's like magic doesn't exist, and he's like, if you only knew. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. So a yeah. not so secret wizard PI yes. who's a consultant for the Chicago PD. Yeah, Got but it. then again, that also causes problem with the White Council as well because they're like, "You sh- no, 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 people aren't supposed to know about wizardry." And he's like, "Trust me, they don't." Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm excited to to dive into this book series. I've been wanting to read more about this. I didn't know that there were 17 books. Oh, oh, oh! Uh, really fast. What is the average book length, page wise? Yeah, the first book is 372 pages, uh, or yeah. 320, depending on which format you get it in but yeah it's around there um so i'd say yeah but so between 300 400 pages yeah so yeah they 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 range between 300 and 400 cool um now later on in the series they get a little bit more lengthier just because there's a lot more going on that that tends to happen in well-seasoned series but even then they're still not massive they are definitely not a a stormlight archive or a robert jordan (laughs) yeah and 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 the story is so compelling it is a very fast read yes definitely get to the points where you don't want to start a new chapter before going to bed because it'll compel you to read the rest of the book yeah yeah that makes sense Awesome guys, thank you very kindly. This was an this was an excellent introduction into the Dresden file books. Yeah. You you know, Josh, I wanted to I I was preparing some jokes and stuff. Did you guys want to hear a pizza joke? A I everyone pizza loves joke? pizza jokes. Never mind, it's just too cheesy. Oh my oh. gosh. Oh, oh Matthew. Man, he baited us on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. Wow. <laughs> Oh my gosh. You, you know who I really hate? I really can't stand acupuncturists. They're just such backstabbers. Oh. Oh. Man, just get to the point. <laughs>
Just get to the point. <laughs> no, no, we just went so silent there for a second you could hear a pin drop. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry, my jokes are needling you too much. Yeah. Oh. Man. Holy I just smokes. need some monster cheese. <laughs> oh my gosh. I can't I'm you know, I can't I can't do this anymore. This is I'm done. Bye. <laughs> can't do it. Parmesan you later. I thought we were friends. <laughs> we're not friends, we're brothers. <laughs> Uh, we hope you've enjoyed uh, our discussion about the Dresden Files. It is a great book series by Jim Butcher. If you have never picked it up, please, please do so. Uh, if you are a fan of audiobooks, I highly recommend you pick up uh, the first book uh, that is narrated by James Marsters. He is fantastic at the narration of this series. It is wonderfully done. And and also, with the Dresden Files, there are a lot of games in different formats. RPGs, yes. board games, video games. Yes. So if you like this, I... It, this if you like games based on IPs, uh, this is a good IP to get into. It is, it is. And I will admit, it is really fun when, you know, he, he does talk about playing D&D with, it, you know, with his buddies. <laughs> Uh, a, a wizard playing D&D. Just think about that. So, but yes, there is a great RPG system out there for this setting. Uh, you should pick it up. It, it is good. Uh, there are also comic books that are out there as yeah. well. Uh, so there is a lot of media for uh, Harry Dresden. So with that said, go enjoy it and we'll catch you next time. Oh, my little nerdlings. Remember to always let your geek flag fly. So say we all. And whether you're just an average everyday normie or you're a not-so-secret wizard, always remember to be epic and don't suck. Remember, the Force will be with you. Always.